From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. Thank you for joining us for another broadcast of Let the Bible Speak, featuring messages preached by Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. Currently, Dr. Cairns is bringing a series of studies in the earthly life of the Lord Jesus Christ, messages that will provide insights into the various aspects of our Lord's temporal ministry, from His teaching and miracles to His atoning death on the cross and His glorious resurrection. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns in just a few minutes. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of C.H. Spurgeon, as found in his collection called Faith's Checkbook. Today's devotional is entitled, His Service, Face, and Name. The text is Revelation chapter 22, verses 3 and 4. His servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. Three choice blessings will be ours in the glory land. His servants shall serve him. No other lords shall oppress us. No other service shall distress us. We shall serve Jesus always, perfectly, without weariness and without error. This is heaven to a saint. In all things to serve the Lord Christ and to be owned by him as his servant is our soul's high ambition for eternity." and they shall see his face. This makes the service delightful. Indeed, it is the present reward of service. We shall know our Lord, for we shall see him as he is. To see the face of Jesus is the utmost favor that the most faithful servant of the Lord can ask. What more could Moses ask than, Let me see thy face? And his name shall be in their foreheads. They gaze upon their Lord, till his name is photographed upon their brows. They are acknowledged by him, and they acknowledge him. The secret mark of inward grace develops into the public sign manual of confessed relationship. O Lord, give us these three things in their beginnings here, that we may possess them in their fullness in thine own abode of bliss.
In the midst of this increasingly secularized and materialistic society, multitudes of men, women, and young people seem to have forgotten that they have immortal souls, and that one day they must stand before a holy God and face the ultimate judgment. Despite every effort to banish the reality of death from the mind, the Word of God declares it is appointed unto men once to die, and after this the judgment. How can a person be ready for that awful day? Is there a way to face God without fear? The great 19th century preacher Charles Haddon Spurgeon answered this question in a powerful sermon entitled, Preparing to Meet God. Let the Bible Speak now offers a booklet published by the Trinitarian Bible Society, which contains this vital message under the title, Preparing to Meet God. In addition to the sermon text, the publication contains a brief biographical sketch of Spurgeon's life, as well as a schedule for reading the Bible through in a year, all contained in an attractive, conveniently sized booklet. To obtain your copy, simply email info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you wish, you may call us at 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. If you prefer regular mail, you may simply write, Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Just ask for your copy of Preparing to Meet God, and we'll be happy to provide it. On this edition of Let the Bible Speak, Dr. Cairns will bring the final portion of a message called The Compassion of Christ. Matthew chapter 9 records a number of our Lord's miracles of healing, including giving sight to two blind men, restoring speech to a man possessed by a dumb spirit, and even raising a dead girl to life. In the closing verses of the chapter, we learn of Christ's compassion for the multitudes— whom he saw as sheep without a shepherd. Here is the Savior's view of lost sinners, sheep wandering and lost. His compassion moves him to bring back the wanderers. Not only so, 
but he commands us as his people to pray that God would send forth laborers into his harvest. It is only as we have the compassion of Christ for sinners that we will see a work done for him. Now Dr. Cairns brings the concluding portion of this message, The Compassion of Christ. How blind can people be? How do you make them see? Well, you've got to keep giving them the truth. But you don't make people see by simply giving them the truth. You don't make people see by winning an argument. You make people see by the power of the miracle-working Christ. For listen, God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. How did you and I get sight to see the beauty of Christ? didn't come because we were any better than the blindest sinner who ever lived. It came because God commanded, let there be light. Oh, may he speak that word, let there be light. If you're convicted this morning and convinced of your spiritual blindness, if you're convicted and convinced of your spiritual need, then let me tell you, come with your blindness to Jesus. He will give you sight and light. He gave voice to the mute in his compassion. Do you see what the devil did to this man? The devil works with people in different ways. But ultimately, he's going to do this. He made this man deaf to the Word of God and mute to the praise of God. That's why the psalmist... I'm not going to turn up references for the sake of time. But he said, I'll speak. I will sing. I will shout. I'll cry aloud. He'll hear this voice of rejoicing. Because in compassion, when the Lord Jesus saves a man, he gives him a voice to praise, to pray, and to witness. That's the compassion of Christ. If you're here this morning and you have no song of praise in your heart to the Lord because of two things, because of sin and because of Satan, if you have no voice of praise to the Lord, if you have no voice of testimony to the Lord, if you have no voice of thanksgiving to the Lord, if you have no voice for God, no voice of prayer, it's because of sin, it's because of Satan. Thank God, in his compassion, Christ delivers those oppressed by the devil, and he gives them the voice of rejoicing. The final thing I'll say is that in his compassion, he looked upon and brought home the wanderers. He saw the multitude fainting, scattered abroad as sheep without a shepherd, and he had compassion. Why? Because he wanted to bring them home. He wanted to bring them home. 
Now, I've shut the book because that's a very big subject that I'm not going to do more than touch on this morning. Take your Gospels. See what Jesus did to bring home the erring and the wandering. Here he likens them to a harvest that's got to be reaped. In Luke chapter 15, he tells us of a... He likens a sinner to a sheep that has wandered. What does he do? He leaves the ninety and nine in the sheepfold. And he goes out and he searches until he finds it. In John chapter 10, using the same imagery of the sheep, he says he lays down his life to save those sheep. And he looks out in the world and he says, Other sheep have I that are not of this fold. That is not of the nation of Israel. Other sheep have I. What does he say? Them also I must bring. There is this driving compulsion in the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, I must bring them. The program of Christ is not complete until he brings in the last one of his sheep. I must bring them. Thank God he will bring them. He will bring them. But what does he say? This is an amazing thing. Remember, this is spoken by the one who said to the leper, I will, like that he was clean. This is the one who could go in, put his hand on a dead girl, raise her to life, touch the eyes of the blind, and they saw, command the devil, and out he came. The disciples had neither part nor lot in any of it. He didn't need them. He did not need them to do any of those things. But yet, what does he say at the end of the chapter? The harvest is plenteous. There are plenty of sinners to be saved. There are plenty of erring, wandering sheep to be brought home. How are we going to do it? Is Christ just going to stand back in command, bring them in? No, he says, you pray. You pray. In other words, you get the vision. You see what your Savior sees. In other words, you who are my disciples, you enter into my compassion for the lost. Now we're getting somewhere. You see, there's not a Christian in the world would deny that the Lord Jesus has compassion for sinners of every kind and every degree. Not a Christian in the world would deny that Christ has great compassion. But there are millions of us who fully affirming the compassion of Christ show precious little Christ-like compassion ourselves. He says, you need to have my compassion. You need to love sinners with a Christ-like love. 
in many Reformed circles, it would be counted mystical. Well, blow those Reformed circles then. But I personally like the emphasis that some of the old holiness preachers, I don't like lots of their theology, but I like this emphasis. They used to cry to God, cry to Christ, that the Lord would love sinners through me. Love them through me. Let me feel the love of Christ for the unlovely, the compulsion of Christ to reach the erring, wandering, lost, and scattered sheep. Don't tell me that God doesn't answer that prayer. That was the experience that made Hudson Taylor the missionary that he was. That was the experience that made C.T. Studd the great missionary pioneer in three major mission fields. Men and women, Jesus commands it. You get my compassion. And pray for laborers. Isn't it interesting? He didn't say pray for theologians. Now, that I don't get me wrong. It would be hypocritical for me to say otherwise. I spent most of my life teaching what little theology I know to students, so I believe it's imperative that men study the deep things of God. But he doesn't say pray that the church will have theologians. Pray that the church will have laborers. And the greatest theologian the Protestant church has ever produced was John Calvin. And the Protestant churches have never seen a greater laborer than the great Genevan reformer. Pray for laborers. Men who will spend and be spent. Men who will give to the last ounce of their energy. Men who will burn out in their passion and compassion for souls for Jesus. Oh, if we could only take one little fraction of the energy that we waste on stupidities. Do you ever see somebody in a football match? going absolutely mad over what I have called a few Januaries around Super Bowl Sunday. A bunch of lunatics running up and down a field after a pigskin full of hot air. People going mad about it. So it's such a wonderful thing. This fella can catch a ball. Glory to God. Isn't that wonderful? Millions are perishing. Hell is real. And we cannot take one-tenth of the energy expended over a pigskin full of air and expend it on the cause of winning souls for Christ. What on earth is wrong with us? What's wrong with us? There are sinners to be saved. 
There's a work to be done. Use all your learning. Use all your talent. But let me tell you the greatest, the greatest single characteristic necessary to doing a work for God is to have the compassion of Christ. That'll make up for a whole lot of lacking in your IQ. It'll make up for a whole lot of lacking in your abilities and your talents. And if you've got a high IQ and wonderful talents, it will sanctify them for the use of the kingdom. But men and women, Jesus says, the harvest is plenteous. There are precious few laborers. It's time for you to get the compassion and start praying for laborers to bring in my wandering sheep. May the Lord give us a sight of the compassion of Christ. May he give us an experience of Christ exercising his compassion through us. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father in heaven, bless thy word to every heart. How we thank thee for a compassionate Savior, for one who could love people such as we are. Jesus loves even me. Lord, may the thrill of it fill our hearts with joy. Bring the lost to Christ today. O oh God, give light to the darkened, sight to the blind, life to the dead in sin. Open mouths that are mute to the praise of our God, testimony to grace. God, have mercy on the polluted and cleanse them Truly in the blood of the Lamb, O Lord, do the miracles of grace in thy compassion bring the ignorant and the wandering home to Christ. And give thy people power and fire and zeal and energy and love, the compassion of the Savior for the lost. And O Lord, stir us up and use us for the glory of our precious Redeemer. Now, Lord, part us with thy blessing. Keep us in thy fear, the beginning of all knowledge and wisdom. And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us. May the whole world see Christ in us, our hope of glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We're here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. If you wish, you may call us at 1-864-244-2408. That's 1-864-244-2408. Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. 
That's info at faithfpc.org. If you would like to learn more about the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, we invite you to visit our website, www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we Let the Bible Speak. (music) 